Okay, great. Hi, guys. Welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and I'm joined again with an awesome, awesome guest. And we're joined with a returning guest. <laughs> okay, everyone say hi to Tulin. Say hi, Tulin. Tulin, introduce yourself to good people. Hi, guys. I'm Tulin. Um, you, you might know me from the Cosmic Circus. I write as Isla Ruby, and I talk about all things nerdy. And... Today, you know, I'm going to talk about something not quite in my normal genre, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> awesome. Guys, we're back again with another episode. Don't forget, follow us on Spotify, rate and review us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, join our Patreon, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. I remember to do this at the beginning of the podcast because I always do it at the end, but I'm doing it at the beginning of this time because I am what good at my job. Anyways, we're going to get started with Can't Wait to Watch where we talk about new releases and entertainment news. And I first off want to start off with saying that um, the horror Winnie the Pooh movie has come out or it is has? coming out. I think it's, I don't know. I've seen reviews come out recently. Oh. So I'm guessing that is about to come out. I honestly thought this movie came out um, last month. And I was just like, I didn't know. Oh, it did come out last month. It came out in February. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be on... I was going to say DVD, but it is that that's not a thing as much anymore, like oh. on Prime or something. No. Yes. So basically, um, this isn't really about the movie because it was already released. It's more about the fact that this movie was pulled in Hong Kong cinemas. And oh, I'm, yeah. 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 And to be honest, when I saw like that they were making this Winnie the Pooh movie i was kind of like okay are we getting velociraptor is it like the room like it's bad but it's like avant-garde yeah or is it just bad and it has a four percent around tomatoes so i feel like that answers my oh. question yeah oh that i mean that you Impossible. know i've seen some lo- yeah i've seen some low scores but that's like c- can you have a negative rotten tomatoes score that's you know that's my next question you can have a zero on tomato score. But not negative. No, I don't think so. So it, 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 it's pretty close to hard, to to zero, though. Yeah, the fact that it's at, like, 4% is... I feel like that should tell you everything you need to know. Because when you look at, like... When I look at, like, Rotten Tomatoes, I want to be honest and say, like, I'm one of those people where, like, I don't put that much stuff in a Rotten Tomatoes movie mm-hmm. if I like the movie, you know? Yeah. If I like the movie and it says 4%, I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's art. Like, with Venom, I was like, this is art. This is a masterpiece. You're wrong. And a lot of, like, my childhood movies have, like, a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm-hmm. Like, Sister Act. Sister Act 2. It is not fresh for Rotten Tomatoes yeah. standards. But it is fresh and holy to me. Okay? You know, and- with, Rot- with Rotten Tomatoes 2, I think when you see, like, there's the critic score and then there's the audience score and then oh, there's right. like a huge gap right and when there's that huge gap you know something funky is going on with with the critics I don't know what's going on with them but like yeah. if the audience score is higher then obviously that like that's good yeah yeah and I think that um with Winnie the Pooh I'm looking at it right now it has a four percent tomato <laughs> meter but how many 50... people saw it? How many how many reviews are there actually though? There are fifty four critic reviews, and there oh. are over a hundred verified ratings, and the oh. audience score is fifty percent. So there there's a big gulf there. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess when you see that, you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's like, maybe it's not that bad. But if you, I'm. If you're the average moviegoer, you you have what a one in two chance of of it being okay for you yeah but i think that i think i'm gonna skip it same here honestly it's not (laughs) not my my thing i'm not uh i mean i I watched violent night um at new york city comic-con and -hmm. that was like at the limits of my of, of me for that genre so blood and honey not so much you said Violent Night. Oh, the Santa Claus movie. Yeah, with David Harbour. Um, I actually do want to watch this. 
it's worth watching but mm -hmm. i think i'm pretty sure i watched half of the movie like through like oh. through my eyelids um just because i that was just a lot for me mm -hmm. i feel like david harbour is definitely like he looks like a very like sweet kind like <laughs> lumberjack of a man but everything he's in is just like murder you know, it was yep. this, it was the Hellboy reboot, it's Stranger Things, like, he just says yes to something where it's like, oh, we fighting? But I'm ready to <laughs> he go. Car he carried that on in his Santa Claus role, believe yes. it or not. So he, yes. he totally embodied that. Yes. His agent was like, I have a role for you. Okay, they want you to play Santa Claus. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I might be old, but I'm not that old. He's like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. So Santa Claus is a killer. He's like, go on. Is he a killer or is he a killer? Like, what's the <laughs> definition? And the agent's like, a killer? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. But, <laughs> like, you know. But, um, yeah. I actually, I don't know if I like violent films. I think I enjoy them for the most part. And then sometimes I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. You know what for I mean? Me, for me, it's got to mean something for the story. Um, yeah like the boys yeah or yeah. more than what even we're gonna talk about today because um, <laughs> that is super violent too so yeah that's that's that that's what I like to see and you know it, it has to have meaning mm -hmm. yeah I feel the same way um I think because like it's so weird how there are films that have so much violence and like gore and like murder and stuff and those movies are like fine and those movies are well regarded but if you have a movie with like that's a little bit sexual then it's kind of like ooh, no 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 you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that that difference is kind of gross there's you not know? a um like even in the rating standards you know that there's not like limits on how much of of, of the i mean maybe there is i don't know how much of the the violence you can include versus like there are very defined limits what's an r rating versus pg-13 versus all of that stuff for the other stuff yeah you're right mm -hmm. yep but um the windy the Pooh movie i guess people are just not they're not feeling it they're not into it they don't like it and i feel like that's fine because didn't cocaine bear come out recently it did, and apparently it was really successful, and people liked it, so now there's going to be a whole series of drug animal movies. Um, like, the sequels have already been greenlit, and I'm going to look them up right now. Um, and you know what? All I have to say is that female directors do bring in seats. They do bring in money. <laughs> so Elizabeth female directors make money, huh? Exactly, and Elizabeth... Yeah. She's the director, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's yes. teasing now Cocaine Shark as the next movie. And guess what? I will be we'll buying my tickets. Because female <laughs> directors matter. Okay? She went from Pitch Perfect to Cocaine Bear. She is in her bag. Yeah, right? she she's she's totally not going to be stuck in one, one type of movie. She's showing her range there. Yes. We love to see it, you know, and we're happy to see it. Okay, that's right. Putting women on the big screen. Okay, <laughs> and it made it made money. So exactly, it made. What was the box office? I'm just curious. Was it better than Shazam? Yeah. So, um. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Do you want to talk about Shazam? We could. I mean, I. <gasps> I it I I saw it. I didn't think it was horrible. I think. Okay, so I, I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh. I really have been meaning to see Shazam because I like the first one. But now yeah. everyone's saying about the second one and everything that's coming up about Zachary Levi and The Rock yeah. and they're like alleged beef. It's like. So I, so I'm from Philly originally, and I started watching um the first movie, and. Like I had to turn it off within the first five minutes because I got like so angry that all the Philadelphia stuff was just inaccurate. Oh. But I thought, okay, the second movie, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a chance and watch the whole thing. And I'm really glad I did. Um, there were a lot of Philly inaccuracies, but I'm willing to suspend that, like suspend my um, problems with that just to enjoy the story. 
and it was you know as far as comic book movies it wasn't it wasn't bad okay so the second one wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah i mean I, I would watch it it again if i needed to <laughs> okay um i feel like i mean to be honest like the first movie i really liked mm -hmm. and i was excited to see the second one because you know helen mirren Mm -hmm. Lucy, Lucy Lou, Lou. Yeah. yes and I was thinking of course and also Rachel Zegler and yeah. I said yes count and me this, in this was right before West Side Story was released I think that she filmed this movie and I think she said that she did it because she needed a job which oh. totally makes sense but she she rocked it in the movie I mean I to be honest like Rachel Zegler she's really having a hard time right now like yep. she's not getting she's not they're not letting up on her they're not giving it to her. Like she's, it's not been easy for her. You know, first her co-star is accused of sexual harassment, mm -hmm. and now her second big bo big box box office movie bombs at the box office. You she know, has, um, she's got another big one coming out though. She's got she has Hunger Games coming out right this year. I Hunger think. Games. I think. Wait a minute, and then Snow White coming out she next does year. she does have the snow white movie i do remember that she it, she is very much like she gives me snow white she's yeah. very pretty yeah. very pretty very great actress great singer you know no, gal gadot is in it too is and i haven't paid attention to like who she's been cast as is she the the stepmom the evil probably okay that makes sense probably so i mean um yeah, it looks like she probably is a stepmom. I mean, there's a picture of them like next to each other, and it's just giving like, yeah, she's cast as the evil queen, Miss Galagadot. Well, she's stepmom too. Am I am I confusing my Disney stories? Evil Queen, Snow White had a stepmom, right? Snow White does not have a stepmom. Snow White was an orphan, and she started hanging out with the dwarves. Is that how the story goes? I, you know, I don't remember. I need to go back and watch that clearly. Or watch Once Upon a Time. Oh, wait. She lost her parents at a young age. Okay. A princess living with her wicked, cold-hearted stepmother. Okay, and so then, there is yeah, a stepmom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Perfect. there was a stepmother. Okay, that that makes sense. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, Shazam. Hmm. I mean... For those who don't know what's going on with Shazam, I'm just going to give you a brief overview because I too try to read the rap article and for some reason it's behind a paywall, but mm -hmm. Yahoo got me. Okay, so I thank you, Yahoo. You know, <laughs> um, basically what had happened was uh, first we started off with the fact that Zachary Levi has like some anti-pharmaceutical controversy going on and they also believe that the film was mismarketed. He like um, also, Zach, Zachary Levi for the anti-pharmaceutical thing. He tweeted out some kind of anti-Pfizer tweet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel like him tweeting that out is going to make him lose his job. And he also has been on the Joe Rogan podcast saying not very good things, not nice things. He really spent the whole time just like tweeting out like, Things he shouldn't have been tweeting. Just keep everyone away from Twitter, I think, is if if you have a movie coming about, your PR people need to keep you far away from Yeah. From Twitter. Yeah. So you don't say all the terrible things in your head. Basically someone had tweeted out, Do you agree or not that Pfizer's a real danger to the world? And he said hard agree. That was oh. the most annoying thing when um like celebrities like you find some random tweet with like 10 likes and celebrity retweets it it's like sir you're famous <laughs> log off exactly. don't don't read the internet just don't oh engage with people. but you know who i think gave you your phone who gave I you think, your phone i think it's a larger question too though like did, uh -huh. was it the tweets that that tanked the film or was it just like really poor marketing because i think the trailers, and I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it because I know you haven't seen it, the trailers revealed something super big for Shazam in an mm. effort to get people to come see the movie, but like, yeah. once that had been spoiled, 
kind of remove some of the excitement about it. And I, I don't like it when trailers do that. I don't like it when trailers basically kind of tell you or reveal a big plot point in the movie. Because sometimes they'll do that and it's like to like drama people to watch the movie. Drama mm-hmm. some like people talking, people chatting, whispering, you know, people throwing theories out on YouTube, people like trying to like <laughs> or Twitter. Try to figure out what's going on <laughs> on Twitter too. And like sometimes that works. Like when Marvel does it, that works. Because Marvel has like so much to work with because it mm-hmm. already has the established universe within it. And DC is really trying to work with scraps here. Like they really don't have any place to move. So for them <laughs> to like reveal something like in the trailer to their newest film isn't really going to help it that much because what else do you have to bring to us that we care about mm-hmm. you know like dc doesn't have the foundation the footing not enough people have the knowledge behind like dc comics to really want to be a part of the dc universe i want to watch dc movies because marvel has already acquired fox mm-hmm. and we know that they're going to do x-men like it's already been said and done like everybody like watched um you know the newest doctor strange movie i don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it because if you're like me you procrastinate on watching movies but it's clear to everybody that like marvel has already moved into their dc bag and just because uh i don't know who exactly is behind dc right now if it's like warner or whomever yeah but, like, so it's warner and james gunn actually is now james gunn yeah. and Saf- saffron is the like new they're the no- new co-heads of the DC film studio. Yeah, and just because James Gunn used to work for Marvel, is head of DC now, that doesn't automatically like put a band-aid on the years and years and like years of like trying to build up a story, trying to build up a universe, trying to build a franchise, and it just like kind of crumbling in their hands. You I know? Think it's funny how it all turned out though, because if maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I guess if even that long you know dc has batman and superman mm-hmm. and like everybody in the universe or in the in the world i feel like knows batman and superman is just like a base comic level knowledge and marvel had iron man like before or you know 2008 did mm-hmm. iron man wasn't like a household name um True. and it's just kind of funny how these the brands have diverged and how um how Marvel took it and ran with it while DC has struggled. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I feel like a lot of the success, I feel like a lot of the success and a lot of the failure, the success behind Marvel and the failure for DC, Marvel did so well because, like, namely because, like, Robert Downey Jr. is such a great actor. Yeah. Like, for Iron Man mm-hmm. to be, like, his kind of comeback to Hollywood and for him to embody that role truly helped Marvel find its footing and kind Absolutely. of build a franchise off his back. And, like, Robert Downey Jr., I really do, like, respect him as an actor. I think he's phenomenal as Iron Man and overall, like, as an actor in whole. And then DC depended too much on the famili- familiarity a Batman and Superman and they were just kind of like okay let's just go with the comic book version or like let's just go with who we think looks the most like Batman or whatever mm-hmm. it was and they thought like oh having Joss Whedon would help you know because Buffy and all of his other works and everything He's else a horrible him. person as it yes. turns out yeah the fact that Ben Affleck literally said in an interview I turned to drinking to have to deal with being on set with that man like yeah it says everything it says it all right there black and white i'm curious so you said you're not you you procrastinate on the movies and you know you mentioned batman have you seen the new batman so i'd love to get your take on that with the the robert i i'm gonna be honest i saw the new batman i haven't seen any of the other movies are there like five I mean, there's Trish, there's the Christian Bale Batman, like three movies, right? Um, there's okay. Ben Affleck. There's Ben Affleck. And then Justice League. I I I really so don't know. And I should know these. Batman. Who is it? George Clooney. Yeah, but that Batman? that was much older. That was like okay. years and years ago. Sometimes I feel like as a film nerd, I should have watched every single like iconic old movie. Like when people ask me, like, have you ever seen The Godfather? I'm gonna say no. They're like, who's seen The Godfather? You gotta add it to your list. Oh. <laughs> okay, bye. 
but yeah like basically like i liked robert pattinson as um batman because i feel like he was a really interesting reimagining as batman and i think that he fits modern batman like Mm -hmm. batman is supposed to play the billionaire socialite and usually he is played by an actor who is well liked and well respected in Hollywood or someone who is pretty well known and like Ben Affleck playing him, George Clooney playing, playing him and now Robert Pattinson playing him makes sense because mm-hmm. of course he has that box office pull and he has that name recognition behind him but also Robert Pattinson is such a great actor mm-hmm. overall like he is a really really good actor especially like independent films that he's done like I love yeah. the movie Good Time I think he's amazing in that and I think like the whole cast was phenomenal, especially like uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, even though was- you don't, really, even though we don't really like Zoe Kravitz, she was so good as Catwoman. Like yeah. her in that pink wig, ah, oh, my god, and like, oh, like them together, like the chemistry between the two of them. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is this is like I can feel it, <laughs> like I can feel it. And then when people started posting pictures of them wearing each other's clothes, I was like, oh, this is better. This yeah. is so much better than the movie. Like. Yep. Overall, it was great. Like, I feel like there doesn't need to be a sequel because the first movie was so long. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. It was very long. Y'all wrapped that up really nicely. And also, we <laughs> don't need the Joker. We don't need the Joker. I want us to literally put a pin in it. All right? Like, there have been a lot of Jokers. <laughs> I'm, as much as I love Barry Cogan, and I think... I do sincerely love him. Like, one of my favorite ugly white men. I think he's great. Like, I don't need any more. Joker, yep. please. Like, Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker and then mm-hmm. winning an Oscar for it, that really, like, set me off. Because, yeah, like, it's hard to compete with. It's also kind of like, Joaquin, I love you so much. I love you dearly. I get it. You're an artist. Why, though? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? I thought we had something special. Why would you do this to me? Like, who told you this was a good idea? And now Lady Gaga is going to play Harley Quinn in the musical of the Joker, which I get it. She's avant-garde. Is that a musical? There's going to be a sequel. It is a musical. Lady Gaga is playing Harley Quinn. I I said that. Yes, it's real. It's happening. Yes. I think I'll skip that. Yeah, I, I don't need that. I'm all right. <laughs> Listen, Miss Gaga, lady, if you will, I I love you so much, like I do. But like, maybe some things don't need to happen. The fact that you said yes to this—if she has said no, I know it wouldn't happen. I know it. Yeah, I they're. I think it. they're banking on her star power. Yes, and I mean she. She's she like has it. Thing. Yeah, she, she has she, it. Yeah. Did you see, I, I think, what what was it, the Oscars, right? She did the super emotional, great performance, but I don't know how that translates into the Joker and Harley Quinn. So yeah, I didn't, I'm scratching my head at that. I didn't really watch the Oscars. I don't really watch award shows, I'm going to be honest. Like everything everywhere all at once winning was enough for me. Mm-hmm. And then Excuse me. Angela Bassett not winning was yeah, enough for that me. Was, yep, that sucked. Yeah. I just want to say that Stephanie, I'm gonna get your I'm I'm gonna get you your Oscar. Me. <laughs> me. All right. And if Jamie Lee Curtis sees something in her closet, she did it. She didn't see anything. All right. <laughs> Nobody saw anything. Listen. <laughs> I so what else? What else? Entertainment wise, what are we? What are we thinking? What are we looking forward to? I need to move past Shazam first. It is so funny to me. It's so funny to me that like the the Rock really looked like um yeah I'm not gonna do an end credit scene. Why would I do that? It's like, mm-hmm. sir, have you seen a Marvel movie? We're trying to compete here. Well, even like, in wrestling, right? The whole. But I don't know if you've watched profess- professional wrestling, but like their entire storylines a part of the thing is to like uh, help almost lift other wrestlers up and to like mm-hmm. get get them over with the audiences and stuff. And that's essentially what you'd be doing with with a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. And he's just not like being a good sport, which I mean, 
he can do what he wants at this point in life but yeah yeah I I can't like I I don't want to say that like I'm disappointed in the rock but I'm disappointed I'm a little disappointed no because you can't spend your whole career being this wholesome wonderful like agreeable palatable man of color and then you're just kind of like out for yourself out for the bag mm -hmm. no what happened to the rock that i know personally <laughs> what happened to him all right what's, How he, could working you do this? On, what's he working on next by i don't way. care oh, i don't want to hear it done i don't want to hear it i'm done you don't care what the rock is cooking at all Tulin, please. <laughs> please be so serious. I don't care what the rock is. You're hilarious. I love that I actually walked off. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> and just ended the podcast. <laughs> the short, shortest podcast ever. Oh my gosh. He apparently, okay. oh, because I looked, because of course he has like seven things in production coming out. So he's going to be okay. Despite not helping his friends at DC. Of course he'll always be okay. He's always going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, Just course. looking out for himself. Um, Let's see. What else did I want to talk about? There's a new movie coming out called Air? Yeah, I've seen the trailers. I have also seen the trailers and oh, I feel you... like I think I might watch it. Yep. Same here. Mm -hmm. I think I might give it a try because like I I don't know. I'm someone who's like kind of on the fence about Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. Like I like him as an actor and I, I I I like him as a director too. As a person you know uh his whole but like how, how much do we really know them like as people right because they're not yeah it's all it's all like a marketing product we don't they're just yeah we don't actually know them i feel like ben affleck i don't want to say he gets away with it mm -hmm. but he can kind of like skirt by on just mm -hmm. be like hey <laughs> I'm a white guy. <laughs> I just show up sometimes. Like, I'll be here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, he doesn't do too many interviews. He's not doing all these TV spots. He's like, I'm, I'm doing my job, and, and that's about it, you know? Like, and like, I find that, like, it's easier to like Matt Damon now that he does less interviews. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but he did, I don't know if it was an interview, where he was talking to a Black woman and he was basically saying that, like, it's harder for white men in Hollywood now than it is for her. And this was a while ago, by the way. Like, Whoa. hold on. Matt Damon, diversity. I'm, not, I'm about to look at it right now because I remember this clearly. Matt Damon, comment on diversity was no accident. Oh, yes, it You're was. Right. Oh, 2015. Wow. It was in 2015. Oh, my gosh. I remember this. That Project. wasn't that long ago no it wasn't and also there was a story that like matt damon's daughter had to teach him how to stop using the f-slur mm -hmm. mm. that just came up i just saw it <laughs> well well you know it, it's interesting too because so you've seen that i've seen the trailers for air you've seen them obviously too and when i'm watching it like I can't think of that like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. I don't think of them as these characters they're supposed to portray. They're just like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in a wig, you know, doing doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm still reeling from from that. Wow. Yeah, I don't forget these things. Like <laughs> I never forget these things. No People things. like I remember. Like, I remember, like, people would, like, talk about, like, their favorite actor. Be like, oh, my gosh, I love Anthony Anderson. I'm like, he was a kid sexual assault by, like, many different women. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I love Blackish. So I was like, you don't anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Have no well, heroes because there's something wrong with all of them. Oh, these people are screwed up. They're terrible. And that's why they're in Hollywood. And that's why they're there. Okay. And honestly, you know, it's better to prefer like celebrities who just kind of like do what they need to do and just mind their business and they fade into the background. Like, that's all they need sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I love Donald Glover, ooh, sometimes he pisses me off. Like I love really? you, sir. You want you want me to talk about Donald Glover? Yeah. Okay. That we're 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 not talking about hunters today. We're just getting things <gasps> off of our that have been bothered. Oh, our chest. She's gonna get off my chest just real quick, real quick. I just want to say, like, I Donald Glover is like a true Renaissance man. I mm-hmm. feel like when you think of a Renaissance man, he is there. Like right there. Does there he are paint? Not, huh? Does he paint? Like, does he? So he he directs or he writes, but does he paint? I feel like he he should paint too, to be like a true to be a true Renaissance man, right? So he he should do all of the things. Still in place. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> he doesn't paint, but he likes to paint a pretty picture with words. And, <laughs> there you go. Like, <laughs> but he is like he's so talented. Mm-hmm. However, like. There are so many times where I'm like, Donald Glover, love you. I think you're great. However, the way that you write Black women, sometimes it's just like, mm-hmm. it's missing something. Like, yeah. it's very, like, surface yeah. level. Like, the way it, if I can watch Atlanta and mm-hmm. I see the Black female characters you put in your show, I can very clearly see your relationship with Black women or how you view other Black women. Like, mm-hmm. namely, like, in Atlanta, he has uh, his baby mama's slash on-again, off-again love interest van, who's played by Zazie Beetz. Mm-hmm. And Zazie is a great actress. However, in season one, you don't really see her that much. And I understand why like she's kind of a background character, because the show is namely about Earn and his friend Paperboy mm-hmm. and uh, Darius. And now Paperboy wants to be a rapper. You know, yeah. I get that. But she's kind of reduced to like baby mama love interest role. So there's not much to her like character. And of course they flesh her out a little bit more. Like in season two, we learn a little bit more about her heritage because Ozzy Beats is actually born in Germany and she has um, a German parent. I don't know if it's the mom or the dad, but there's an episode where they go to like kind of like a German festival. Mm -hmm. So she can, like, kind of learn more about her heritage. It's a way for her and Earn to get closer together. And I think that's really sweet, and that's great. But, um, obviously, because between season two and season three, there was, like, a huge year gap where, like, everyone was doing their own projects, people were, like, working, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. But when they came back together to season three, season four, we see, um, uh, we see Zazie's character again, Vanessa, and she's, like, frolicking in Europe. She's kind of, like, lollygagging. She's doing whatever. She would, um, Darius asked her about uh, Lottie, who is her daughter, her and Ern's daughter. She just kind of like offhandedly just talks about Lottie saying with her mom, but there's nothing deeper behind it. And it's kind of like, it seems like, oh, she's kind of like having her like moment where she's like kind of abandoning her responsibilities, which is fine. Black women can do that. (coughs) But it feels kind of like an excuse where it's like, oh, you don't want her to be a baby mama? Guess what? She's running around Europe fuck shit up now are you happy now and it's like yes and no because Mm -hmm. there isn't really anything there like i don't really know the motivation behind why she's doing it it feels like she's having a mental breakdown and like Mm -hmm. the more you watch season three the more you realize like okay where are we going with this like why is she acting like this like season three is kind of like the experimental season of atlanta which i'm fine with but at the same time it's kind of like you're doing this character a disservice because a lot of people like her and a lot of people like Zazie and she's a great actress. She acts her ass off in season three, but the way that they wrote her is just strange. And I want to draw it to like Swarm because new show, all the rage, I haven't watched it yet, but there was an article that came out that was an interview with Donald. And he basically said that he didn't give Dominique Dominique Fishback, who plays the main character in the show Swarm on Amazon Prime, he didn't really give her that much information behind the character. He just said, I want you to be more, like, animalistic, you know? And it's kind of like, okay, so we're making the main character in your show, who is a Black woman, who -hmm. is supposed to be a parody of Beyonce fans, giving her animalistic qualities. Mm -hmm. Can we all, as a group, see how that is 
bad? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. And with, with Atlanta too, and I'm just looking at it now, you know, I think I like he needs a writer's room with women in it because I'm looking at, looking at season one, like one episode was written by, or was co-written by Stephanie Robinson. Mm. And then there's another, but like, she appears to be the only other woman that writes on the show until season three. And then there are like a couple of other women, but mainly it's, it's, it's men. And it seems like that's reflected in the stories and that Mm -hmm. stinks. I think in Swarm, there are more female writers on that show, which is good. This was on Atlanta, so I haven't looked at the writers. No, you're right. You're right. Season one of Atlanta, he had one female writer. Yeah. Yeah. And it also reflects in season one of Atlanta because it's also transphobic. Like there are some moments in there where it's like, okay we didn't need to bring this up we didn't need to do this whole thing like i get it he he ha ha but also like wow and he also tried to fix it in season three kind of but he didn't really fix it it was kind of like i guess it's kind of like okay well that's why the room is so important too because ideally you would catch that and you know maybe not stories that were bad like Donald works on these shows with his brother for the most part, that, and him and his um, brother have. Is that Stefan or Stefan? Yeah. Stephen Glover. I'm sorry, Stephen yeah. Glover. And they've said he's like, on the writing mm-hmm. list here too. So yes, they've said like that they don't read reviews, they don't read comics, and I don't care if you don't read reviews or read comments. I know there's someone in your vicinity, in your group in your circle who was pulling you aside and be like hey donald let's talk what the fuck was that episode of season one why did that happen (laughs) yeah like why did you write that i get it like it's a comedy but also like let's be real right now like you could write a show where someone's an invisible car and justin bieber is black can we explore something else like yeah i see the creativity i see the surrealism does transphobia need to be there too hello there's got to be notes like so when you when you write a show right you're getting notes from like the studio you're getting notes from a million people like I like you're I guess are you saying that he just ignores all the notes that he would get from like I think that it's more likely that the studio heads or other producers or other people who are looking over what he's writing see the way that he writes and understands his genius and they don't really see anything wrong with it. Mm. They don't have the context. They don't have yeah. the background. They don't have the knowledge. Like there's one episode in season two where Zazie goes to a party at Drake's house. And there is a scene, which is like, in my opinion, the one scene in Atlanta where I was like, okay, someone has got to sit him down and let him know, like, this doesn't work. There's a scene where there's a black guy and a white girl and they're obviously dating. They're together. Mm-hmm. And there's a black woman who is Zazie's friends and she just sees them together. The black guy walks off. The white girl's still sitting there. And the black girl starts antagonizing the white girl. Just like for no reason out of nowhere. Yeah. And this is the, like, black men really do think that black women care when they date white women. And the thing is, we don't care. Mm-hmm. We never gave a fuck. It was y'all. Because whenever Black men date white women or Hispanic women or Asian women, when you nearly do not date other Black women, it's not that big of a deal. You make Mm -hmm. it a big deal because you like to trash Black women. And you date white women as a way to seem better. And Donald Glover has made music in the past about how he only dates Filipino girls, white girls. He makes, he's like said that he dates like women of all race, but namely he's only on the rec on the record dated white women he's married to an asian woman i believe so i think that he had some comments under his twitter at one point that rubbed him the wrong way and he wanted to put that in his show and because the writer's room is full of black men and most of the studio execs are possibly white men who have not spoken to other black women or have no context behind that and they don't have any context to that culture they just take his word for it because that's why having a room with many voices in it is really important Mm. yeah and like that one episode 
I remember watching that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so strange. Because there used to be a rumor back in the day that Donald Glover had a secret Twitter account. And now oh. I really think that's true. <laughs> I really think that's true. Like, people, you, have, you have to assume that like you, like these celebrities and stuff, like I'm sure they have secret Twitters and secret Reddits. and I don't know if he has a secret Twitter account or if it was someone else in the writer's room who's on Twitter. But like somebody came up with it. Yeah. It it feels like almost an office episode, the secret Twitter account of, yeah. of Michael Scott. Um so what so. else is on on your mind? <laughs> Nothing else is on my mind because if we keep talking, we're never gonna get to the point of the podcast. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk oh. about it for five minutes. As we're done. <laughs> And that's all, you know, Hunters on, on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. I know we're supposed to call it something, right? Uh, There's a preferred Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Um, go watch it. <laughs> Guys, today we're talking about Amazon Prime show, <laughs> Hunters. It is a phenomenal show, okay? Al Pacino. Has Al Pacino, yeah. Lerman. We all know him, our old favorite white boy from the past, all right? Percy Wallflower, Percy Jackson, you already know. Speaking of the Godfather earlier, you know, Al Pacino is in it. So, of course, <laughs> another reason for you to oh my God. watch that. I feel, so, you know, you mentioned talking about this, and I feel like there's been no marketing of it. I know we talked about that a little bit in the pre-show, but, like, I ha- I haven't seen commercials for it. There hasn't been the b- big, splashy rollout. And it's had two seasons and it's got these big names. What's the deal? I didn't even know there was a season two. I had to go looking for it. <laughs> like I really had to go looking for it. I was thinking, I put it on my list of like TV shows to catch up on. And mm-hmm. I have like a list of like, these are TV shows I want to talk about on the podcast. And I went and I did some Googling and it was like season two released in January. And I was like, why did nobody tell me? There, there was nothing. And was it like all at once or was it a weekly release? I, did you happen to see that? Um, It was all at once. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they only do the weekly release for like their bigger shows. Like Invincible probably will have a weekly release and the boys had a weekly release too. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about Invincible when it comes out again because season three. Oh my gosh. Eventually, right? And we the last time we talked, we were talking about Invincible. I think it was season two and one. It's been a while. It was only season one. Oh, so this is season two now? This is season two. Okay, so coming time out is in, flying by. In the summer, I think. Yeah, this one's coming out. It's coming out in the summer. I'm really excited for that. Oh my gosh, I love Invincible. <laughs> so we'll have to do a podcast about it. Uh-huh. We'll have to. <laughs> okay, so. Hunters. Hunters. It's a period piece. It is a period piece. Honestly, Hunters, I love this show so much because I, like, the concept and the idea behind it, I feel like, really would have, like, shined in, like, maybe 2016, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, around that time, but it it couldn't be any better. So, basically, for those who don't know, the show Hunters is an Amazon original. It follows a group of Nazi hunters through the decades. It mainly focuses on a group of Nazi hunters in 1977. There's a guy, his name's John, and he's played like Logan Lerman. He discovers this group of Nazi hunters after his grandmother, Ruth, was shot and killed in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And he meets a man, Meyer Offerman, who says that he knew her while they were in Auschwitz in the you know concentration camp and he lends him his card he's like call me if you need anything and then one day it looks like jonah he needs he needs him because he is stumbling upon a huge conspiracy mm-hmm. so to speak of a group of nazis living in the united states like at first he was just looking for his grandmother's killer like, yep. that's all he was looking for. Like, who killed his grandmother? He wanted revenge. And then he stumbled up to something bigger than that. And he was like, wow. It but... starts off from a smaller story of revenge to, you know, an even much greater story of revenge. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a there's a comment, right, by Meyer in, like, episode one or two where he says that his chart, like, 
he's avenging or his charge is like six million people from the holocaust so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a huge task to take up on yourself to avenge that and overall the show is so good i love Mm -hmm. this show so much we're going to be talking about season one in this episode we're talking about season two next week (laughs) we only watched season one (laughs) we we had grand plans about watching both of them and talking about both of them tonight but as we were discussing this podcast we both realized that neither of us had finished watching season two So instead of pretending and giving Mm -hmm. the Wikipedia version of Mm -hmm. the show, which like would not be fair. Yeah, Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, (laughs) it wouldn't be right for you guys. So here we go. Season one. Um, I don't really like, I'm not really interested in going like episode by episode. Mm -hmm. I really just want to give like a general overview of the show. Overview, I thought was great. I really, really like this show. I was like watching it and I think the really good thing about the show is that like it kind of solidified some things like I already knew about how like there were Nazis living in the U.S. after Mm -hmm. the Holocaust because there are only 12 Nazis that stood trial for Mm -hmm. the crimes in the Holocaust even though six million people died and there Mm -hmm. are so many more like officers and generals that were involved in everything you know and so not only that but like the u.s essentially imported nazi scientists which you know this Mm -hmm. this show talks about and talks about how um how much that was kept quiet in the united Mm -hmm. states um i think that it's operation paperclip right and there's like werner Mm -hmm. von braun and all the others um to build the u.s space program Mm -hmm. yeah that that's true and i think that um a lot of interesting characters in the show especially like fbi agent millie mm, she's who, amazing and complicated yes. i really liked her yeah like i i'm so glad they update like her wig like i'm always gonna nitpick on something small but like i really just wanted to be like no okay let's just take that one <laughs> like i was really just like oh girl i know it's the 70s but like it doesn't have to be the 70s you know like (laughs) whoo girl what is going on but i loved her character you know and her and um logan no jonah i feel like (laughs) i'm gonna keep calling him logan yeah it's hard to separate them sometimes i do this thing where I forget like the character's name and I just call them by like the actor's name because mm-hmm. like I know the actors we all know who they are we know who it is like why am I calling him Joda he's Logan like who's Joda who cares you know but Jonah is definitely an interesting character because in the beginning he really is trying to like seek out revenge in a way that's just personal and then when he sees the mission and the charge upon the um, hunters he himself feels like it is too big it's too much Mm -hmm. of a weight on his shoulders and he also feels like how can we do this how can you go about this like are you going off and you're killing people and he like has a problem with it and i'm gonna say like i understand why he you know feels that way because it feels like the holocaust was so long ago and like why would you go around killing people da 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 all this stuff but same time more more like i am more on the side of like you know what run it up mm-hmm. run it up you want to live life easy no no if you were a doctor in a concentration camp and you were pulling out children's teeth and now you are a mm-hmm. pediatrician no mm-hmm. no peace i'm sorry i'm not sorry at that yeah i mean that's your charge and i think you know the character too is you know the character I, I think ruth you know there was a statement i think that was made that ruth was living in the darkness she was dealing with all of these these horrible things all of these shadowy people and and that in order for logan for whose character jonah um to to live in the light right and jonah has been sheltered in many ways um and now a lot of the story is about him becoming worthy 
it's about him becoming worthy personally, like to himself, because he, in order to do this, in order to step up and, you know, avenge all these horrible things that have happened, he has mm-hmm. to feel like he can do it. And it's also um, him becoming worthy to the other hunters, which is this like super diverse and eclectic um, group of people, which is really interesting how they all came together. Um, and so he's got to prove that to them and himself that he can do this. And, you know, by the end of the first season, at least you see, yeah, he, he succeeds. He does succeed in it. And I, I'm not going to lie. Like the season, this show kind of like read, I, I, this show is kind of a read on me because I truly was like with the hunters. I was like, yes, Meyer. Let's do this. Like, mm-hmm. blast out his eardrums. You know what I mean? Like, get it. Exactly. You know, because, like, why in, not? They're Nazis. In this case, right, the violence was justified, right? And it was it yeah. was essential to the story because it, it just was. It made sense in the context of it. It wasn't, like, gratuitous. Yeah. Um, and I I like the, um, the fact that they kind of put these people on trial. Mm-hmm. in a way where it's like we're not just going to kill you we're going to make you confess to what you did and come to terms with what you did we also want you to come to terms with the fact that you killed and hurt so many people and now you're leaving you're living this peaceful easy life mm-hmm. in america with facing no repercussions facing no kind of retribution facing no kind of consequences for your actions and we're just not going to let that happen so plain and simple like it's up and it's stuck for you like we're here, you know, it's, it's over for you. You're done. And, and Ruth, it was, it was so important to Ruth and Meyer pointed that out that, you know, she have verification that she have, you know, not necessarily a trial, but like she have all the evidence to prove like definitively like, yeah, these people were bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, like she didn't have Gretel because that, she wasn't on her, her radar, but she had, um, she had Gretel's brother, right? She had evidence of Gretel's brother being a bad dude. And that's what, mm-hmm. like, why she was killed, basically. Yeah. And really, um, watching the show, like, in the very beginning, I was so taken aback by, like, the first, like, the opening scene. Yeah. But I feel like that really did set the tone. Oh, for absolutely. A show, show that, like, there are people in like hiding in plain sight and Mm -hmm. when it really like push comes to shove they will turn to their banal and terrible nature in order to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and that's why the hunters do what they do yeah and that that opening that was the i think dylan is he dylan baker who was yes who was biff like Mm -hmm. there was he just kind of oozed creepiness and you know he's important as it goes on in the series and he's Mm -hmm. important in season two as well and you know he just you could tell there was something off like right away you could kind of see that when when this husband and wife came that they were like building to something Mm -hmm. um and you also like i think immediately understood why um like why the hunter's mission was so important right she this woman had seen biff like decimate her family personally so mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like i'm gonna be very frank and saying that like with the show um <clears throat> in watching the show i was kind of like so I feel like my, um, I don't know if it was, like, I was just, like, so ready, like, on the Hunter's side. I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. like, 100% towards it. And then, of course, watching the full season and getting to the end, it was like, wow, why do you have to read me like this? Like, I, I, I really didn't need that. Like, I really was like, why would you do Pull the rug like, out from under you. Yeah! Like, what the heck? Why would you do that? We're talking about, and spoilers, obviously, we're talking about, it turns out that Meyer Offerman, who is Al Pacino's character, um, wasn't a good guy after all. He kind Mm -hmm. of stole a good guy's identity and stole... So let's get the backstory to that. Yeah. Um, So basically, Ruth, she, uh, one night... The concentration camp. Okay, I want to get backstory to that. Um, 
one night the Nazis are raiding the ghetto that all the Jews were like forced into before their concentration camps. And she watches her parents get shot in front of her. And this guy, Meyer, rescues her and saves her life. Mm-hmm. And so after that, they are put in Auschwitz together. And Meyer, I believe, is the person who like actually tattoos her arm mm-hmm. to like put the number. And, and we see that. And we see that. And we see that Meyer and Ruth have this kind of kinship towards each other. But one thing we soon realize is that there's someone else's kinship towards Ruth, and that is someone named the Wolf. He is mm-hmm. the doctor on site at Auschwitz. He is a terrible, horrible person. And he, he likes her. And he like he likes her. Like mm-hmm. he is infatuated with her. And he offers her this soft, cushy job to like be near him so he could keep it her near him. That's and like her right. Oh yeah, be a secretary, take down his notes, just kind of like hang out. You can eat all the food you want, whatever, blah, 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 whatever he tries to entice her with. And she, being a woman of principle, turns it down very nicely, of course, but him, being a terrible person, acts like, oh, it's fine, and then immediately sets his sights on Meyer. And Mm -hmm. so there is a scene that I had to skip through because it was, I can't watch, I can't watch that. But basically, um, the wolf tortures Meyer. There's a lot of torture in this. And and you can, I I would advise skipping home. Yeah, yeah. I understand, like, it gives the context of, like, they're willing to go through any means to kind of, not, like, to, like, meet their goal, to find the Nazis, but also, like, the Nazis torture people to, like, you know, enact violence on others. And Meyer is tortured beyond belief by the wolf. And Mm -hmm. then what happens I might cross my wires here explaining this. Basically, Meyer passes away. And then Yeah. I think the wolf and I, I think the wolf was responsible for his death. Oh. Um for from what I gathered from that explanation. Okay. Yeah. Basically, Meyer dies, the wolf takes his identity. Because everyone thinks the the wolf is dead. And mm-hmm. then in the beginning, in the like in the middle of the season, I don't know if it was like the second or like third episode. It was the episode where they robbed the Swiss bank, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it was the episode where they robbed the Swiss bank, and the person we know as Meyer um, is talking to you know the head of the bank, and he's putting him in his place. He's like, you know, you pretend to be neutral. You weren't neutral. You built your wealth in your um, you built your bank off the backs of the stolen goods, treasures. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a vault, people. right? There's, yeah. there's. It, it turns out that this, the Swiss bank has like all these looted treasures that mm-hmm. that the Nazis took. Like you literally have people, silver, wedding rings, all these super nice things you have stolen from these people that you put in concentration camps, and you killed them, and you separated them from their families, and then you built your wealth and your power off of the harm and the hurt that the Nazis enacted on them and you want to be neutral and then you know Meyer finds out that the wolf is alive and he's well and then homie in the Swiss bank takes himself out and I just want to say like I don't understand now like knowing that like knowing that we know yeah the twist I'm kind of like okay but why did he do that then Mm -hmm. like he he must not have known that Meyer was in front of him. Yeah. The wolf was in front of him rather. Which is the which is the secret, right? The secret mm-hmm. is that the wolf is really the guy who's played by Al Pacino. He's he's the guy who's presenting himself. He's he's the one who's stolen his identity. He's mm-hmm. you know, faked thirty years of, of being this other person. And I feel like that says a lot um because i really was rooting for the hunters and then to know that they were being led by the wolf himself it it's like infuriating but also when he starts talking about how like um he starts talking about how he really has to just he has to do this for penance Mm -hmm. like he has to do this to like like move forward mm-hmm. it's like i mean i get it but also like fuck you like 
why does he get to be absolved like there there's nothing that he can do to be absolved from those horrors that he he did even if he you know has hundreds of years of 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 good deeds yeah i think that when logan says like the hunt doesn't belong to you Uh you know like this isn't for you to like take upon yourself and be a part of like for you to go ahead and kill like these people you colluded with in order to like feel like you have received some kind of forgiveness or that you can move past this like that's not something that should be available to you Uh you know and it sucks even more because you see the hunters and the way that they're doing things and the way that they are trying to enact revenge but Millie is kind of right in a way where she's like if you stoop to their level and you turn to violence you're being just like them which is which becomes really interesting because there's Mm -hmm. kind of and i know we're not talking about season two but like she has that principle throughout all of season one and then there's a little bit things kind of change Mm -hmm. from like you know she comes kind of um to the side of the hunters a little bit in their feelings with that in season two yeah and i think that really um when it boils down to it the show truly does like make you examine how there are bad guys and there are good guys and how like the hunters and the nazis feel like they're the good guys like even the like the car the colonel herself said like we're the good guys Mm -hmm. in the situation and you're not Mm -hmm. you're not the good guys you are very much the bad guys you're literally nazis like yep and I like how the show kind of draws upon parts of history in regards to the Holocaust. And I learned a lot. Like, I didn't know that yeah. they played music on at the camps. No, what something have- something I heard about that, though, to, so, like, to keep in mind, too, is I heard that a number of, like, um, Holocaust remembrance organizations and Holocaust historical, like, um, organizations said that this show in particular took some liberties about um oh. about the things that actually happened at the camps so i don't know like those those flashbacks which were such you know a hallmark of the series like the chess game the um which was horrible and then you know the the hava nagila thing like I, I i think that they called those things out got it got it yeah that does happen a lot of times with like historical yeah absolutely there's artistic liberty there's you know you you do what the story demands to to tell the type of story and theme that you want to get out there Mm -hmm. yeah very true very true um what did you think about the ending like (laughs) the where where it turns out hitler is alive oh my gosh i was so mad i was like of course she's his wife of course she is she's the colonel why else would a woman be in that position i didn't see it coming at all Uh, i was so pissed i was like are you kidding me like y'all made me wait three years to see the next season like i i kept thinking they were gonna eat the guy that they had like you know when they had the the dinner table scene like when I always like when there's creepy music and stuff I always think like cannibalism so like I was mentally prepared for that and then no it's Hitler so I I don't know which is worse the you know the guy that they had captured I think his name was Joe hi mommy hi hi Hello. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Mommy, she can't leave. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Can I help you? How's your day? It was fine. How's your day? It was fine. Oh, Mommy, I'm in a meeting. I can't talk right now. Why? Okay. Okay. Your mom is so sweet. Oh, okay. You wanted to chat. <laughs> All right. Um, continue on what you're saying. Um, I, I don't right. know. 
I was I was shocked, you know, surprise Pikachu face. I was I was very shocked at how the season ended. Yeah. Also, I was shocked by the fact that they have kids. Yeah, that was because he's old and they yeah. look like really young kids. Yeah. So I have a what? lot of questions about that. Also, it's like the kids are blonde. Yeah, they all look yeah. like little clones of each other. Neither of y'all are blonde. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's a weird thing to nitpick on, but. I mean, oh, I assume oh. they'll explain it more, maybe. Mm-hmm. In season two? Maybe not, though, because I feel like the kids are kind of like a signified, like, oh, look, young Aryan children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really did like it. I love like a conspiracy thriller that's kind of like based in historical fiction, but like kind of leans on conspiracy, like Hitler living in Argentina. Yeah. Like you've, people have said that. Like, yeah. Or because like there were Nazis like living yeah, in Yeah. They went to South, South America. America. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, also the fact that. Simon Wiesenthal, who the show is kind of based off of, mm-hmm. like there were actually like Nazi Nazi hunters, not hunting in the way that like they were hunting in the show, but like they were bringing him to justice, basically, right? Yeah, the- yeah. Simon Wiesenthal being in the show, I felt like was super cool. Like I kind of like that little nod. Um, the character. Well, yeah, there was a person that was like kind of playing him, but they didn't say like this is Simon Wiesenthal. It was kind of yeah, like, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overall, I mean, also my favorite character is Lonnie Flash. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Although people didn't seem to like him. I was like, shocked. I love that everybody was dragging him. Like everybody <laughs> was dragging him at every chance. And I was like, yeah, that's my guy right there. That's my guy. All he does is screw <laughs> up. And you know what? That's me. That's me. I feel that. So yeah, I love that. Who is the guy who lost a part to? Was it Richard Dreyfus? right i think richard richard dreyfus yeah i mean it, it like in the in the world of the show lonnie flash lost an acting show um, or an acting job to richard dreyfus oh like in in the the lore of the universe oh. i don't remember exactly yeah um, i mean oh. overall like one of my favorite shows and i can't wait to talk about season two it's gonna be so much fun and we're gonna do it soon hey guys thank you for listening to this week's episode of i've been meaning to watch that as you can see the episode kind of cuts off a little earlier tulin had to dip out to a prayer meeting so we just kind of ended the episode there but i really appreciate you guys listening don't forget to subscribe to us on patreon follow us on tiktok and instagram and we will listen, we will see you next week with another episode thanks and have a great day